Hello, my name is Leah Thompson. As a graduate of Cary Christian School, I'm here to say that we have a phenomenal group of teachers. It is my honor to introduce them to you here. On this week's episode, I'm so excited to get to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, Micah Terhune, who is our systematic theology and apologetics teacher. He's going to discuss what it looks like to teach the Trinity to sophomores. They read a book by Michael Reeves called Delighting in the Trinity, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say about this topic. Join me in welcoming him. Micah, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm very glad to be here. It is uh, a delight. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Micah, you teach systematic theology to the sophomores, and I know that one of the topics that you guys cover in that class is the Trinity, and I'm just so curious to know how that conversation sounds and goes in your classroom since it's such a difficult topic to grapple with. And so, how do the sophomores and how do you um, have that conversation? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty light topic, um, usually really easy for everybody to understand, uh, and there are no issues with it, so we usually just breeze, breeze through it pretty quickly. Um, right, right, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, of course not. Uh, we usually, it's one of the topics I start the year with, We and so in systematic theology with the sophomores, um, we start the year, our first unit is just on uh, what's called theology proper, so studying who God is, so we'll start with his attributes and all of that, uh, and then from there we quickly transition into the Trinity. Um, and uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is just that the, the Trinity is uh, very much at the center of what is unique about Christian theology and important about Christian theology. Uh, and I think most people understand that and, and know that it's important and know that it's unique. Um, but despite that, it, we still don't talk about it a lot uh, outside of theology classes, it seems, mm-hmm. um, uh, par- partly because it's just so difficult. Um, it is, it's difficult to understand. Uh, it's caused a lot of controversy in the church over the years with people being excommunicated and uh, becoming or being declared heretics and kicked out and lots of fighting. Uh, so it's kind of a daunting topic uh, because it's difficult to understand and it just it carries a lot of that baggage with it. But I think it is something that uh, when you really dive into it, there's a lot of fruit there to mm-hmm. understanding the Trinity. Uh, and you'll begin to see how the Trinity is, I mean, the Trinity is God. When God acts, he acts as a triune God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see Father, Son, and Spirit present everywhere. Um, and the more you study the Trinity, the more you see the Trinity throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it changes the way that we can think about some things, uh, particularly at times like our relationship to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, it just paints a very beautiful picture of who God is and our relationship to Him. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, that's why I want to start the year usually with that um, for the sophomores, it's just yeah. builds that foundation that they need to keep to keep moving throughout the year. That's great. What what resources do you use to kind of introduce this topic to them? I change it up sometimes throughout the year. Obviously, we're going to look at. Um, we spend some time in scripture, uh, specifically talking about how the word Trinity never appears in the Bible, uh, but the concept being richly woven uh, throughout scripture. Mm. Uh, but then we usually spend uh, most of our time in a book called Delighting in the Trinity uh, by a man named Michael Reeves. Uh, he, I, I use this book, as you know, because you were actually the one who introduced me to this book. So thank you for that. Uh, but I use this book because I think it is a one of the best introductory books to the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Reeves writes at a very accessible level, mm-hmm. uh, and he does his best to try and simplify at its core what the Trinity is. Um, 
in in any unique way. I think a lot of people try and simplify the Trinity by coming up with um, analogies. Like we're, we've probably all heard like the egg analogy uh, and the the three different states of water analogy that all try and fail to describe the Trinity. But he he simplifies it to just love um, hmm. that the exist that God's existence is love, uh, and and the Trinity itself just exists as love. So we. Uh, we usually read most of, if not all of, uh, Delighting in the Trinity, just because I think it is so helpful. Uh, it's a fresh perspective that I think the students need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do the students engage in the conversation? Are they able to access it in a way that just engenders really good conversation? Do you see kind of light bulbs turn on when you talk about the Trinity as this concept of love? And how does that conversation play out in the classroom? It does. There are some light bulb moments. Um, Reeves, Reeves begins the book. I, I can't remember if it's his introduction or the very. I think it's just the very first chapter, um, asking the question of what was God doing before in eternity before creation, which I think is a, t- uh, a question that many of us have probably heard before, and it often just gets dismissed as one of those one of those pointless questions like, uh, could God make a rock so big he can't lift it? One of those, and we just mm-hmm. brush it aside. Uh, but Reeves argues no that. It's actually an important question uh, and a question that we can answer. And the answer is simply that before in the eternity before creation, God was just existing in love. And the Trinity is how we understand that. Um, The father himself is the very source of love. Mm -hmm. He is love. It's not love isn't an action that he does, but he is the actual manifestation in uh, Mm -hmm. the wellspring of Mm -hmm. love. And so he naturally as father loves the son. Um, In return, we see the son love the father and the son as a son loves to do uh, what the father wants, do the will of the father. Uh, And then the spirit himself is this um, almost a personification or a vessel of that love. It's Mm -hmm. the communicate. The spirit is the communication of that love between father and son. And so we see from before time begins uh, that God exists in uh, this state of Trinity and Trinity is at its very essence love uh, and it, it's a beautiful thing it's then then people start throwing around these fancy you have the fancy greek words of like perichoresis um which just represents the uh not intermingling but the the inner being of the trinity mm-hmm. how uh the father is in the son and the son is in the spirit and they're they're all within one another and that is an important distinction, um, because without it, if you think of uh, if you think of the Father, Son, and Spirit as just uh, three persons who intermingle, that is, uh, you lose the oneness of the Trinity. Then, mm-hmm. so it, that does cause some problems. If you, uh, to use the analogy of just people in a room, you can have three people in a room together who are all very close, and they might have a close relationship, but they they're all separate people, no matter how much they intermingle. Um, so. This idea of perichoresis that uh, Reeves simplifies down to love, a relationship of love, uh, shows how Father, Son, and Spirit have to uh, to to cleave to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be within one another. It is mm-hmm. there is a unity there that is unique and special to them. Um, and so I think that's always a fun way to start the conversation on the Trinity with students because it's such a it's such a kind of out there question what was God doing before time began and mm. you get all sorts of answers from them but 
uh, when they get a nice simple answer that gives them something that they can hold on to. And then uh, it's a it's a great jumping off point in the book because Reeves uses that basis of God existing as love to then show and explore, look, this should shape how we think about everything God does. Mm-hmm. It's all based on love and it's all based on this relationship of the Trinity. And so I think once the students start to grasp that, you have that light bulb moment where, oh, wow, I can look at I can look at God doing this in the Old Testament or God doing this in the New Testament and I can I can start to put the pieces together and see yeah. oh this is a this is a triune act and this is at its core an act of love yeah. um, and and so there's some yeah there's some really beautiful light bulb moments that come with that and I love that you're starting there in your curriculum because you think about it's so easy to try and jump to the what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. And to hear that essentially you are starting with the foundation of this is who God is. And ultimately, this is what's most important for us to study. And then I can go and I can say, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for me that God in all of eternity was love and has existed, self-existed in love and ha- doesn't need me to complete him in that? Um, and so it just allows for you to truly understand yourself rightly when you look at him first and foundationally. Yeah, it has huge, it does end up having huge, once you understand it, it has huge implications for um, for our relationship with him because uh, Reeves spends some, uh, he's after the first chapter in this book, he's he spends some of the latter chapters looking at specific big moments in scripture where God acts. And he specifically looks to show how each of those moments are triune actions. Um, you have the whole Trinity working together in love. Uh, one of the first, well, two of the more, more prominent ones are he looks at creation and then he looks at salvation. Um, and he shows how creation, you can see the whole Trinity at work because as we've talked about, the father is the source. He's the wellspring of love. Uh, and creation is just an overflowing of that love that he wants to share. Um, the son then is sent because the son is loves the father and loves to do the will of the father. The son is sent to deliver that love mm-hmm. uh, and create. And then we see the spirit uh, as the manifestation of that love, um, kind of beautifying, perfecting creation and giving life to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of that is paralleled in a really beautiful way because, and we see this all throughout scripture where these themes and stories kind of repeat themselves in new and interesting ways. Uh, we see that whole story repeat itself in salvation, where uh, once again, the father's love overflows. Uh, and once again, he sends his son in a, in a new and different way to deliver that love. And the son acts as a sacrifice to deliver that love. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit manifests that love uh, and anoints. Well, this is what's unique. Anoints believers to be a part, to invite them mm-hmm. into that relationship of love. And so if we start by rightly understanding how God exists uh, as a Trinity based on love, that has so many more implications for us when we take into account that we have been adopted into that family and that the spirit anoints us as co-heirs and, and, and siblings with the son. And so now we can recognize that we receive that love, that same love that the father shared with the son from all eternity yeah. before creation. It's not a separate love that he has reserved for us. It's it's the same thing. And and that's the implications of that are massive. It's yeah. it's it's incredible and uh, awe-inspiring. Yeah. That is incredible. And how wonderful that you get to have these conversations with 
15 year olds. It's, it's a ton of fun. It really is. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with me, sharing a little bit about what y'all are learning and have learned. And I'm just thankful for what you're doing in your classroom. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad to be here. And I love having these conversations with kids. It's, it is a ton of fun and I wouldn't want to be anywhere, anywhere else. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Micah. I know I was so encouraged to be reminded that Christ, because of his sacrifice, has invited us to participate in the love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I was really blessed by our conversation, and I hope you were too. Thank you so much for joining us today on the night's podcast. I hope you get a glimpse of just the great honor it is to be among such talented teachers. And as you know, it is our prayer that with each conversation on our campus, we are able to equip our students to flourish in the modern world by finding their identity in Christ. We'll see you next week.